Hey, Bob, what's going on today? Today, we have a special guest, Jamie Pollock. He's joining us from the U.S. via the U.K., I believe. We'll, we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more. But we're going to talk about the, uh, the myth, possibly the myth of the full-stack developer. And uh, then we're just going to meander like we always do. But the biggest thing is to either find this uh, Sasquatch-type being or debunk it completely. I'm Bob. That guy over there is Kevin, and the other guy over there is Jamie. Say hello, everyone. Hello. Hi, chaps. So, Jamie, let's start with how did you get to where you are today? I think you're in, are you in Florida? Is that right? I am indeed, sir. Yes, I am Uh, in Florida. It's way too warm outside. Uh, I I have a hard time with the UK summer, so Florida summer is way beyond my limit, although I went to Vegas once and that was just another level again. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, my wife's American and she lived in the UK for five years. And, uh, you know, we had some family stuff going on here. And uh, we, um, she was like, hey, you want to move to the US? And so we did just before the election. And not to go away on that, but, uh, yeah, that, that happened. And uh, here we are today. How so, are you still here? <laughs> well, I have a very good um, uh, attorney, so <laughs> did all the paperwork. Uh, it was all above board, um, and uh, yes. So, Excellent. Yeah. So your field uh, of employment here in the United States, mm-hmm. what are you doing? It's a very interesting topic because uh, um, I actually work for a UK company, uh, and um, I met um, met them uh, at uh, Ambraco U West Fest uh, last year, and um, yeah, we just hit it off, and uh, it seemed to be a really mutual relationship, which worked out really, really well. I mean, um, so uh, yeah, yeah. So you were you were in America, you mm-hmm. were at the U S Festival, mm-hmm. and you met a company from the U K. That's right. Now employs you. Yes. Wow. wow. Yeah. It's, a, it's a small world. Music. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Jamie, can you give us a background of of like what do you do at your job? You don't have to get specific, but what's yeah. your skill set? What, what, uh, well, um, I, I might be uh, inadvertently one of those people that we talk about today. Um, not necessarily intended to ever be a full stack developer, but you know, I'm one of those guys who does you know the the back end, does a bit of the front end, um, usually on an inherited system. So I'm not expected to do a full front-end build, but, you know, I can carry myself fairly well with JavaScript, you know, not just jQuery, but also, you know, uh, like a regular old JavaScript as well. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I know a way around a bit of CSS. Um, front-end purists will probably, you know, run for the hills when they see my code, but, you know, it all compiles. It doesn't throw errors. You know, we do check things, you know, and, uh, yeah, so I guess I consider myself a back-end developer. I've done Braco for uh over a decade now and uh but yeah i mean it's always been doing front end and kind of enjoying that alongside you know uh what i was expecting to do which is you know like c sharp and you know and the like so uh yeah so so that's a good segue because today's Uh, topic is about the mythical full stack developer so let's let's um kind of go around the room let's let's define what a full stack developers because we have three of us here. I don't know if we can come up with the same definition. So I'm going to start with, you know, full stack developer to me is actually a synonym for almost the lone wolf developer. Basically, hey, I'm all you've got and you'll get what you get. And I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. And if I'm the only one on the team, I've, I've got to, you know, keep, keep the fort you know, from the getting overrun. So, uh, Bob, what, what is your definition of a uh, full stack developer? It's actually very funny that you mentioned lone wolf and anybody who's listened to the show for even a couple episodes know that Kevin and I don't normally agree on things, but, uh, <laughs> the lone wolf reference, I was thinking of myself as a, a solopreneur, which is very much a lone wolf where I had to set up server space understand SQL, understand IIS, understand C-sharp, understand HTML, CSS, JavaScript. So it's definitely that maybe 
maybe the tide has shifted and Jamie can maybe help us out here. But, you know, when you're on your own, you kind of have to know it all, at least a little bit and know when to get help. So I'm much with you on the lone wolf. Jamie, all right. Jamie, I'm going to ruin it and we're going to have a three in a row here. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> almost got a Tetris. Um, but uh, yeah, no, uh, I have to agree. It's, it's basically, you know, a person who sees it all the way through. Um, just to add on top of that, uh, I've been in teams where we've had, it doesn't make sense, but multiple lone wolves. So they're just chucked on a project and then they see it all the way through. Sometimes you meet at the worry hole, but you know, in general, you know, you don't have any outside help. You, you do it all yourself. Um, but yeah, you, you, you know, um, you can converge around the walls and then, you know, but, uh, no, I, I completely agree with you. All right. So, wait, so the three of wait, 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 hang on. I got a question yep. on that one. So the three of you don't ever work together. It's like three separate silos. So you're each doing your own projects and there's not much crossover. Um, generally that's how it has been in other places that I've worked in my current place where we do help each other out from time to time, but it's more of a sort of like a, uh, a mentor Padawan kind of thing where, you know, I know some of us projects, but I can't work on it right now. Mm. I can give you some guidance, but you're going to be the one who has to, you know, sell the ship. So yeah. I call that the shaman. So you're the shaman. <laughs> it's it's tribal knowledge. So yes. you, you've been, you know, conjuring up, you know, the, the project for, for months mm-hmm. or years. And now it's time to hand it off to the, uh, the apprentice. And yeah. you can only give them high level at this point. You can tell them where all the spooks and specters live and all the warts mm-hmm. and whatnot. So yeah, I, I'm with you there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I've I've participated in a few Twitter discussions where people don't believe that the full stack developer can be a real thing because the the obvious pushback is is there's no way you can know everything about you know a full stack and be effective. And to that I would have to say I agree or but you know if you say full stack developer I would also throw in well jack of all trades. And a lot of times people will take that as sometimes as an insult, sometimes as a badge of courage. I mean, you know, me, I'd like to think I'm a master at something, but I'm also half the time I'm a jack of all trades because I'm a uh, full stack developer. So is it possible to be a jack of all, a full stack developer, but be a master of something still? Is it, What do you think, Bob? Well, I, I think... Can we put a pin in that one for just a second? Yeah. Because I think one thing we all agreed on a loose definition of full stack, but we kept everything very like, especially when it comes to backend and JavaScript, we kept it language agnostic. Okay. So we didn't talk about, so there are some companies who from their full stack developers, I was looking at some job postings and stuff like that today. They're looking for, not only C sharp, but possibly PHP. Um, yeah, so they're looking at cross, cross dis- back end disciplines. Yeah, cross disciplinary. So I would say that you know mine is pretty siloed. I mean, can I can I hack my way through some PHP? Sure, um, but I'm much more comfortable hacking my way through some C sharp. So you're so I just wanted to get that out there because we can kind of debate that a little bit later. And your question was, can you be a jack of all trades, but master of a singular discipline? Yeah. Can, can you kind of, can the Venn diagram overlap? Yeah. You know, jack of all trades and master. I believe it can. And I believe if you really look at most, especially what we're defining as full stack developers, there's probably a home base of expertise that then branched out to you know, be able to take a project from that lone wolf perspective. Mm-hmm. So you're really good at object-oriented programming, right? I'd like to think so. Yeah, and I would, I would agree as a peer. Um, so you're really good at that aspect of it, but you can also mark up HTML and decorate it and CSS it. So, but you're I not can. a master in those two. So yeah, so real world, this is how it usually happens where I'm at is, hey, we've got this project. And if it's in a CMS like Umbraco, 
you know, I'm I kind of have a formula. I I will probably put a, a jQuery CSS HTML front end on the thing because half the time it's a marketing site, and then the back end is well, it's it's almost pre built for me, and all I got to do is extend it. So. If, if we look at a CMS, it's kind of, you know, piece of cake for me, but I don't have to get very deep, right? I only kind of got to do a little bit here or there. However, I have other projects outside of CMS where it's just web API in the back end, and then we have a React stack front end. And I can tell you right now, when they say, hold your hand up if you want to do the front end in this scenario, <laughs> Kevin does not have his hand up. <laughs> they say, okay, hold your hand up if you want to do a C-sharp back end. And Kevin's got both hands up. Right. He's like, hell yeah. Okay. It's weird. I'm talking about myself in third person. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So <clears throat> I, I know my limitations. So in one context, I think, yeah, I'm the full stack guy because I can, I can deliver you a complete solution. However, if we transition to a no kidding react on the front and no kidding API with OAuth and Microsoft identity on the back end, I will go to where I feel I am most comfortable and, and contribute the most. And that for me would be a backend developer. Does, does anyone else have a similar thing or? That well, I was going to say, Jamie, do, would you consider yourself a master of anything of the stack? Uh, well, I mean, I have my comfort zones, you know, um, there's always uh, a case where, you know, uh, I don't know, imposter syndrome comes in where you're like, well, I, I think my best skill is C sharp, you know, uh, but then I see some other people online like, whoa, they're like really <laughs> amazing at it. So I'm like, I'm still going to say C-sharp maybe my, my, my best skill or maybe putting together, you know, uh, some uh, like JavaScript, which interacts with the back end kind of thing. Because that's kind of like a, a an area I'm comfortable with. But, but like, you know, uh, CSS is, is, is barely passable, um, you know. So there will always be areas where I feel like I'm strongest. Um, and I suppose on top of all the skills, then I would say I'm like a master in C sharp, but compared to other people, I'd be like, eh, not so much, you know? So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess that's, that's how I, how I feel about it. What yeah. about you, Bob? What are you staking the, uh, the claim to, uh, mastery in the ground on? Well, I'm going to add a layer to a full stack developer because, probably my biggest mastery is the communication between the clients and the necessary skills to get the project done. Actually, Ooh. Kevin and I were talking about this briefly the other day. Um, I, I have tons of friends in the community of developers, Kevin, Jamie, both being of them that would probably say that uh, Bob suffers from tons of uh, imposter syndrome but I will say that that's not true <laughs> because my biggest skill is interacting with the client and getting the project done. I was, like I said earlier, solopreneur, had my own business um, as a solo marketing professional who also did web development. So my mastery is that ability to take client specifications, turn them into project specifications and get that project completed. Um, I am not a master of C-sharp, JavaScript, CSS. Uh, I guess I can say I'm, and I'm an HTML master too, but that's really not very hard. <laughs> so, so I'm going to kind of posit a few things. So I've had a few jobs where I've been the lone wolf. Therefore, in my world, I'm the full stack developer. What's interesting is, is full stack developers are actually highly coveted by a lot of companies. Why? Because a lot of companies don't make software as their, their revenue source. What they do is they do something else and then they need a marketing or communications element to support said money-making endeavor. So rather than have a large IT staff of a bunch of nerds who are highly specialized masters, what ended up happens in these larger organizations is you have one jack of all trades because that's all the budget's going to allow for. And God, I am so glad you brought this up because I actually yeah. had this in my notes to get to this anyway. So and then just to, just to uh, throw like the contrast to it. If you're selling software, if that's your thing, a full stack guy is, is probably 
unneeded, if not loathed, because he, you know, you know, the water cools. Hey, what do you know? Oh, you jQuery, and they laugh. You know, <laughs> you know. But that same person in a different context is a rock star. So I think context totally matters when it comes to the myth. So. All right, I'm going to jump in again. And Jamie, we're going to kick this back over to you because I know you've got some commentary on this as well. But I think full stack, uh, I guess I should probably chime in and say that uh, thoughts and opinions expressed by Bob on the Bob and Kevin show are expressly Bob's opinions. Thank you. Um, I think full stack developer is a cheap ass cop out by companies who want to hire one person to get multiple things out of them. So, so this is a, we, we want a senior person. We want to pay him like a junior. And then, you know, the insert. Oh, we don't, funny yeah, we don't want to pay a specialist for front end. We don't want to pay a specialist for back end, And we don't want to necessarily uh, pay a specialist for database. I mean, but they want it bleeding edge and they want it right away. All right, <laughs> Jamie, go. Okay. So, um, <laughs> Bob has perfectly described uh, a situation which um, we had, uh, not in my current company, I, I stress that tremendously, um, but in a previous company, I shall not say which, um, we had a, uh, our director, our technical director, who we had a, a, a team, a, like a development team of say eight people. So we had uh, backend developers, front developers, a DevOps guy, um, and project managers. There's a whole team who was doing like mid-level sites uh, sometimes brochureware stuff, but then there was um, there was the uh, the clients that they wanted to do not necessarily on the cheap, but they wanted to do it. So they had this this um, this unicorn developer, which would create would be a one a website was created by one person. There'd be no need for DevOps. There'd be no need for front end or or even back end. And the technology they chose after much discussion was Squarespace. So not your typical uh, front <laughs> full stack developer, but technically it is a stack all to itself. And um, yeah, so this is their solution. And it's, so, I think, sorry. So, so wait a second. Are we also including the, the person who can download WordPress and download some plugins as a full stack developer? I just want to clarify. Um, I don't think so. Okay, uh, thank you. Uh, All right, moving on. <laughs> okay. No, but Jamie is calling that a different stack though. And yeah. I actually agree because as solopreneurs and actually as small companies or medium-sized companies, you're competing with that shit every single day. Yeah, Unfortunately, and I you they are. Saw yeah. that. They saw that as a an obstacle to getting some of the smaller clients or, you know, keeping the engine ticking over. And, you know, um, I, I looked down upon it, if I'm honest at the time, uh, and I probably still do. Uh, but it's, it's really, it's really a case of, you know, uh, this is the other side of it. So a full stack developer comes from not necessarily uh, a one person show, but also from a, a business point of view, as, as, as Bob has said, um and it's it's yeah they're they're, they're creating this this uh, this um this, uh, this thing they're making a, a gap in the market because you know squarespace is its own kind of thing just like wordpress is its own kind of thing and they're arguing that if we can make themes for it and stuff or use utilize themes then we have a website and the client will not know any different so so i also look at a full stack developer as kind of like a the bear gorillas of developers like <laughs> Hey, we're going to take you out in a helicopter, drop you in, and now it's a survival situation because that's what it feels like when you take on like a new job and you're the lone wolf slash full stack because you're inheriting this wilderness of apps and code. And whether or not you survive or not is up to you. And if you sink or swim, that's basically what's going to happen with your career at that company. So full stack development to me is also kind of a survival mechanism on some levels, it's like, well, shoot, I don't have the budget, so I can't do that. Well, but I can do this. And I, I, you know, this isn't my stack that I'm comfortable with. So I'll try to survive here. Maybe we could pivot over to the thing I am comfortable with. That's a freaking, that's a skill set that you have to do because I would say the masters would not stand for that. It's, it's like dropping somebody who's not Bear Gryllis into the woods and they die immediately because all they know is how to make food with a microwave. You know, they're just going to die. So, you know, I, I, I really think a full stacker and a master 
need to be in the right environment or they will both probably die. Cause you take that again, that full stack developer and put them in that uh, masters only club. And I, I just think they get weeded out as by their peers. <laughs> I think that's uh, very interesting. Cause going back to my previous point about having multiple lone wolves, when I was uh, kind of leading a team, um, I would pick people who I could know who, who from this view would, would be able to survive by themselves. But and going back to the previous point about uh, mastery, um, they would complement uh, other lone wolf skills. So, you know, we'd be three lone wolf developers doing our own thing, hardly ever working together, but one person would be stronger on, say, DevOps, and they would be the one who maintains Jenkins, or the other person would be the object-oriented programming person. And they would, you know, if anybody had a problem, they can come to them and, you know, learn their skills. The other person would maybe, like, uh, hotter on the front end and so you know you, you, you kind of collaborate so it's it's even though you are siloed um your skill set you know uh complements the you know the chemistry and all that yeah. well there, there's a saying i don't know if it's american or just someone that i heard it from but good fences make good neighbors <laughs> and because so we're i'm working on a project right now with oh three other people and typically let's be honest developers can have ego they can have they can be territorial they can be like oh no you're doing it wrong let me show you how to do it but i think what's very interesting about this project and it's not the only one like this but this one's like been super successful we set up boundaries and we're like look the api team guess what they handle the api and the database the front end team guess what they handle the front end Y'all stay on your side. <laughs> you can you can give feedback if you want, but it's up to them to do it. And they do it, you know, in a good or bad or if, uh, ugly, great. I think um, sometimes that really kills chemistry on teams is too many cooks in the kitchen. So if everyone's got the opinion about the front end or everyone's got an opinion about the back end, but the only one who's actually doing the work is these two people or these group people, it's like, well... I'll take your feedback, but we're the ones that are actually in the code. We're the ones in the trenches. So I think good fences make good neighbors. Unfortunately, when you're in a full stack environment, you're almost kind of like baited into having no fences because you, it is your entire geography that you are responsible for, responsible for. So, you know, there is a bit of a mental shift when you, when, okay, am I on full stack on this one? Okay. I'm doing everything. Okay. Now I'm on just back end. Have the uh, have the willpower to just stay within your boundary and, and now just do it really well because you're being judged for just your piece and how it integrates, I guess, with the front of anyway. Just my piece, Bob. Um, what do you think about that fences well, and neighbors? No, that's that's a super good point because so we've talked about the full stack developer as a lone wolf. Can a full stack developer? And I'm putting in air quotes. Can it, air quotes, full stack developer actually get along in a um, specialized team format like that. Ooh, let's put Jamie on the spot. Go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I think so. I mean, it all depends on, like you say, um, uh, chemistry and character, you know, knowing when to stop. And, uh, yeah, we've had uh, cases where we have, even though we say full stack developers, um, it has been, um, you know, uh, I don't know if it's pretty called full stack developer, but someone who's taken uh, some front end a front developer has done and then has to run with it. So you know they've given been given a start and then they have to like maintain the project. So um, yeah, it's it's totally down to individual developers and knowing um, you know knowing the scope of what you have to maintain. You know, uh, I think. So um, I would say, Bob, to your question, I've met both types where the full stack developer, you're like, hey, you know, if, if you're if you're hiring someone and they come and they say I'm a full stack, you may look at that as a huge asset. And I'm not saying it's a not an asset, but I think one thing to super be aware of is this person may be too intellectually greedy. Um, they might want to run the show. They might try to architect everything. And in a team environment, that's where those boundaries really come into play. And there's a lot of execution too. If you have a monolithic uh, repo, um, a lot of times people will do, be passive aggressive because they say, oh, look at so-and-so, their white spacing is all wrong. Let me you know, fix all the, you know, just weird passive aggressiveness. 
So um, not only should you guard against a full stack developer against that, but it also should, in, in my opinion, influence how the repos are set up and, and, and you know, the, the taskings and, and okay, you know, because the project manager may overstep too and say, well, here's a task. Here's a user story. The user should be able to do this. Well, it touches the front end. It touches the back end. It touches the DevOps. If that's yet another hat, you know, usually the back end guys have to do that. But uh, so I think it's very, it's the die in the wool as far as, boy, you really got to, you know, be careful that you, your full stackers aren't too greedy and your masters aren't too, um, cross their arms in, you know, uh, ivory tower types. So, yeah. See, now, so do you think in a team environment like that, that specialized team members will defer to a full stacker? I don't think so. I think there's uh, actual natural tension between a full stacker and a, you know, like a, I don't know, a, a wizard or a master, whatever we're calling the, the opposite. I, right. I think there's specialized, a, someone who specialized in that, that channel basically right because i think the full stacker comes at you like a survivalist like look man i've seen some shit yeah I, you know i've been there i've done that and then the master's just gonna cross their arms and go this guy doesn't even know what an interface is this guy doesn't even know how to an abstract you know all snarky so i mean i think there is some natural um things but that takes me to like my next thing is skills to me are a bit secondary to chemistry if two people can't get along i don't care what you know you guys aren't gonna. You guys are gonna fight each other. And we talked you know? about this last week for sure. Yeah. But important. Uh oh. I think we're still good. I can All hear right. you, Bob. Okay. I was saying um, that we talked about this this last week. But for me, as a full stack kind of full stack person, I'm gonna throw kinda. I get really like humbled when I get into a project where I have specialized, you know, uh, masters of that craft. So I love to work with a, a front end developer who specializes in that to look at how they, how they do their craft. And that's a I'll lot to do with personality though, right? Yeah. That's probably more that thing you've talked about for sure. Because, um, a guy I work with, Taylor, I look at him as our UI God. If Taylor says, this is the way we're going to do it, I go, okay. <laughs> I don't question him. <laughs> and uh, um, now I've got comp... He's our only UI master, but I've got competition when it comes to the back end. So we got, you know... But that's good because I'm able to accept their feedback. But I don't accept everyone's feedback equally, just to be fully honest. Mm. <laughs> you know. And then uh, some people will... Uh, it's the whole simplicity thing we talked about last week. You know, you know, you start actually getting, I think, aggression or you know, this conflict between people where I would do it this way and I would do it that way. Great. Are you guys on the same team or different teams? Because if you're on the same team, you're gonna have to work it out. If you're on different teams, your opinion actually doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, if, if that's not your team. Sorry. So, question for both of you as being primarily identified as C sharp kind of backend mastery in that area. Would you both defer to a DBA? Ooh, wonderful oh, I question. <laughs> I totally would. I, I'm the first to admit that uh, databases are a weakness. So whenever I get to work with a DBA, who knows what they're doing, it's always a joy because I feel like whenever I'm working with someone who really knows what they're, you know, they're doing as far as a database, I, I'm learning, I'm taking notes, I'm picking up skills, you know. Uh, so... You know, and from that, then that makes my skill set stronger. So, which is great. All right. Well, I'm going to contrast Jamie just because <laughs> I love databases. I love tuning them. I, I, I can't wait to figure out where my foreign keys are and, mm. you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so if a DBA would come in and say, this is our schema, I might, might be a little bit worried because when I'm building out classes and whatnot, I don't do a database-driven design. I really detest database-driven design. I like domain-driven design. And then, oh, by the way, where should we stick all this stuff? Okay, let's persist it over here. Notice I didn't say the database. It might be a database, it might be flat files, it might be whatever. Where I think a lot of people are database-driven. Where, okay, step one, I need data. Okay, 
start with the tails, but you haven't written any code yet. I know, but I need data. And then they build on top of that. And then this is where I'm going to kind of rant about Entity Framework because Entity Framework is an enabler of database-driven design because, oh, what's this thing? It's called Entity Framework. All I got to do is write these classes and then the database just kind of magically happens for me. But again, I think it's more of a database-driven design because everything is an entity. Everything's written with a context of this is a row in a database. This is, let's not kid ourselves. All these attributes that we're going to throw on here have to do with database things. And so I think I would have trouble. I I, I don't have a very comfortable relationship with entity framework. Um, That's just, you know, my thing. Sometimes I I really think all that savings we got for using entity framework, we paid back tenfold trying to figure out why the hell this shit don't work right now. But anyway, so yeah, I think I'd have trouble with the DBA, Bob. Sorry, that was a long answer. No, that's okay. I'm going to pull a pin on a different grenade in the opposite direction and see how you both respond. What if you're working with uh, a JavaScript master and that person is recommending that we don't need this to be backend C sharp. We can achieve the same thing with JavaScript. Go. Ooh, you're saying Node.js as our backend? I'm saying Node. I'm saying. Uh, I, I, I've been a part of that discussion. React. I'm saying fill in the framework name. Well, okay. So, so you could do a full stack JavaScript, server side included, with Node.js. And I've been in, involved in those conversations. And quite frankly, I will say, um, guys, that's cool. Uh, I either need an, uh, another project or another job. Just let me know which one is good for you. <laughs> because right, I like JavaScript. Right. Right. All right. I am obsolete. And that's fine. Whatever the company needs to do, great. No problem. <laughs> Just give me a little bit of lead time if I need to kick the can down the street. Jamie? Well, I have to say, I haven't been um, involved in the same kind of conversations because uh, a lot of the, the work that I do is uh, come from people who do Umbraco. So they already have an affinity towards um, C Sharp. Um, so, you know, the, the, the endpoints usually are, the API is usually, um, you know, it's usually uh, C Sharp. So we don't have that issue. Um, I don't know. I think I, I'm not sure how I'd react if I was in Kevin's situation. Um, <laughs> it would be interesting, I have to say. Uh, it's not something I've been subjected to. But uh, yeah, no, it's... Um, yeah. Well, well, this is how it usually goes for me. Guys, um, if you'd like me to be involved in this project, here's how I can contribute the most. I can contribute alternatively using a different stack. I'm not against learning different stacks, different technologies. I just won't be as effective. That. That should translate to you is this is going to cost you more money if you're going to continue to put me on this project. Now, it may be worth your investment to train me or I learn a new stack or a new backend. That's fine. Is So that becomes a, um, a cost thing for clients or for you know, employers. But how many times have you had an employer? And it does happen. But how many times do you have employers that go, you know what? That's fine. I know you don't know anything about this stack or very little. We're willing to invest in you go. And it usually doesn't happen. You usually have that rigid loadout of, well, we are a .NET shop um, here. And, you know, over the last five years, you now get to pick out a front end. Well, we're a Angular front end. We're a React front end. We're, and then the back end is just, I don't know, it's that C-sharp shit, you know, that <laughs> Kevin does, you know. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, that's another discussion you'll see on Twitter recently is, you know, is it more about the stack or more about the person? And I don't know if it's a, it's not binary. Um, but I can tell you, here's what I'm good at guys. Here's how I can contribute. And if you go in a different route, no problem. You're just not getting your money's worth out of me. And that just might be bad for all of us. So, <laughs> yeah, I have to say it's a pretty good point. I mean, it goes down to chemistry again, I guess, you know, um, if you think they can get it to work with uh, C sharp, but if they're like very rigid on we need to have node on this, then you know you have to you have to answer that question: Is it worth uh, training up? And uh, yeah. So uh, Bob and Jamie, um, here's I, I usually don't like somebody coming to me and say, "Here's the problem and here's your solution." I like it when somebody says, "Well, here's the problem, can you solve it for me?" and not give me a prescribed uh, a prescription on how to do it. I do much better than that. So if, if you drop me into a situation where you've got to do this, you got to do this, and you got to do this, 
the first question I'm going to do is why, and I'm going to be, I'm going to resist. I'm going to be like, why? This is arbitrary. Why? You know, and, and am I a decision maker as far as the solution goes? If you want me to solve your problem, don't give me too many constraints that I have to work with. And then I will deliver you a project that you will love. That, that's, that's what I'm going to do. So there. Since I'm the top of the dog pile where I am, I don't ever get that ultimatum. Like I'm always asked what the solution is. I'm never asked. I'm never told what the problem is. Well, all right, no, that's not hundred percent true, but I run away when they tell me what the solution is because yeah, I don't think anyone likes it's usually that. not a fit. Well, the, the worst kind of person is the one who thinks they know the solution. They, they took a computer class in high school or they took an elective in college and now they've got an accounting problem, which is their thing, but now they telling you how you're going to solve it. And that's where I'm just like, ah. <laughs> yeah, All but right. sometimes with clients, there is a, there is a pre-assumed technology stack from the client as well, which dictates a solution. There is. And that's a huge discriminator, right? A lot of times you just won't take the job if it's a PHP WordPress stack, if you're not into Linux, MySQL, and PHP. You know, you can disqualify. I, I did have a situation with a, a, a business development person who I was trying to explain, like, wait, they're doing the stack over here and we're historically just this stack over here. And uh, they wanted that business, and I understand salesperson. Yeah, go for business, but do you understand this is not compatible with us? This is a hard pass right away, and um, I, you know, I again, I have. But Kevin, I, we really want to work with you. Can't you no. just fit our stack? We really want to work with you. Well, well, okay. So I had an <laughs> I had an employer that I took the job knowing full well. Actually. I didn't know .NET when I started .NET. I was a PHP guy and I didn't know Umbrac or anything. So I got hired by a company like, hey, we're willing to let you learn .NET. So I had to inherit their stack. The good news was, is I wanted to learn .NET. The bad news was it was a CMS I'd never heard of from Denmark and it was in web forms and it was this uh, seafoam green and purple crazy <laughs> shit going on. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? XSLT? Oh my, what, what is going, what are you guys doing? What's a post back? What the hell? Who made this shit? And now I'm like, God, I couldn't, couldn't not do that anymore. I mean, I love .NET, but of course we do MVC and that kind of stuff now. So anyway. So Jamie, does that happen to you ever? <laughs> just sorry, I just had I was like going back in time. I was like I was there in like 2007, and I was like straight out of uni, and I was I was like there. My boss was like, "This is an umbraco." Uh, There's all the things that Kevin just said. So I feel like I'm what you know, 10, 11 years younger sitting there in Sutton Coalfield in England. <laughs> and I'm just, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, as far as has it happened to me, um, uh, no, I have to say I've, I've, I'm pretty boring, actually. You know, I have to say, you know, I've, I've had, I think it's, it, it, if anything, it's the learning about the, the real-world business use of a lot of the software because you don't get the whole pitch just looking at the code. You know, um, sometimes when requirements come in, you need an idea of how this is really used in the wild and then things start making more sense. So, you know, uh, I've never had a situation where, where uh, you know, someone said, you have to use PHP. You know, uh, I've just been like, I've been pretty lucky in that I've, or rather maybe unfortunate that I've just stuck to like .NET and just kept on evolving my Umbraco skills. And like, uh, and then in turn involving my, my .NET skills. And, you know, uh, I think if anything, I've just been happy to be employed at the moment <laughs> and just kind of like uh, learn off other people and kind of like apply my own back, my, my own history, you know, what I have to offer. And, you know, I, I think if anything, the only thing I, I feel like, you know, I've, I've been missing is coming into these big, awesome systems that I've been learning recently and just like having a, Help it, but it's it's getting there. So yeah, that's where I've, I've been coming from. So consider yourself lucky that you haven't been asked to inherit a PHP project just because they really <laughs> want to work with you. Well, I, I must be a glutton for punishment because I took yet another job 
and in the interview, they said, we're a rails shop. And I said, great. Who's the rails guy? Well, he, he left. I'm like, okay. Um, he left. So that sounds singular. <laughs> yeah. He's gone. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not sure why I'm sitting across from you because I'm a .NET person and they're like, sounds great to us. Oh, I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, okay. So, yeah. So I, I converted them from a rail shop. I took the job and converted them from rail shop, which I knew nothing about. I had to read a book really fast and then converted them to .NET all the while having to limp along their current stuff. And the rest is history. Um, but, oh, man, by the way, side note, I am not a Rails or Ruby person at all. Ugh. Have you guys played with it at all, though? Like, obviously, Kevin, it sounds like you have. Jamie, have you played with Rails at all? Actually, tell a lie. Yeah. Uh, back in the last company in the UK, um, we had uh, a client who was, um, we had, a, like, my, my previous boss um, before he left was a massive Mac guy. He did .NET, um, you know, but he loved Rails and Ruby. So he would he came up with this uh, like a kind of like a, a configurator or a visualizer for a car company, which was powered by a spreadsheet, which would be taken by a Ruby script, which would turn it into various data files, which would then be uploaded to a Java-based um, visualizer, as it were. And so I had to learn uh, because I was like um, at the time just the the one full stack person before we got like a full team around me. Uh, I was the person who had to learn this Ruby and it was a big scary thing if I'm honest. Uh, and, um, it was all in Java, which, you know, I've not got any sort of like in anger experience of, and you know, things would often go wrong and new things are coming from the client and you it was built in Ruby, which I was a C sharp XLT person at the time. And it was really scary, but you know, it was part of the job had to get these, things done for the client and make sure this was here and this was there. And, you know, cause a release is coming for a new car and we have to get that sorted out. So <laughs> I guess that was my, that was my, my, my out of my comfort zone area for my career. Hopefully. Hey, Bob, <laughs> yeah. what about you? Some might say, uh, Chicago is the base camp for Ruby <laughs> on rails. <laughs> so um, I've, I've actually played with Ruby. Um, I helped a client way, way, way back in the day, um, with some Ruby development. And, uh, I was going to ask, have you, either of you two played with cold fusion because I likened, yes. yeah. So I likened Ruby on rails to very much cold fusion where it's like a very minimal syntactical language, but could do real powerful things with one or two key phrases or words. I liked it. I tell you what, I'll keep C sharp uh, and like the MVC stack, even though, and then you can keep Cold Fusion in in VB or C sharp and Rails. So I'll let you have the and PHP. You know, you can have PHP too. No, they're I'll all keep awful. C sharp. <laughs> they were fun to play with, but they I couldn't see doing it every day. Well, so Ruby isn't a bad language. It's just not compatible with my mind. I'll tell you, you know, it's just too, too clever. It's there and no yeah. curly braces. Fuck that. I need some curly braces. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just saying, Hey, Ruby people, you, you guys are great. Just, just stay in your side of the room because it, I, I can't even look at the screen. Also want to stress that I've tinkered with those. I don't, I am not a master of them and I'm still not a developer. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> All right, so um, so full stack is a little is more than just front end and back end for me. It's also I think a tinge of DevOps, right? So when yeah. I did the Ruby stack, I had to use AWS Linux. You know, you know we're not using Windows servers with Linux um, or uh, with Ruby, and then you can you can actually with Ruby and PHP, but you don't. You know, you typically go with a Linux stack and uh, MySQL, and you typically put those on Heroku or AWS. Obviously not on Azure. Actually, you can run some of that stuff on Azure. But anyway, so Bob, what's your? Does your definition of full stack also include? Hey, I got to put this on a server somewhere. Yeah, I mean, because if you're going back to that lone wolf, you got to either contract it or do it. And you know, a lot of times you end up doing it because when you're that lone wolf, you think you can make a couple extra bucks if you're doing your own hosting. And uh, so you're forced to learn that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely picked up a bunch of DevOps, DevOps server and a little bit of DBA stuff along the way for sure. 
What about you, Jamie? Uh, DevOps uh, enters into your daily life as a full stacker? Um, yes, it, it does. Uh, I have to say, uh, we're surrounded by cleverer people than I on the DevOps side, and I was able to kind of like take a take on their uh, the side of things. And we had uh, many years ago we had Cruise Control and from ThoughtWorks, and then we had Jenkins uh, for a while, and they were that taught me a lot about the whole like CI um you know cd side of things and you know i was actually explaining to one of the developers i work with today about you know we we have a client who's hosting their own jenkins instance and you know we hadn't touched upon um ci and i was like well we have to do this and this don't worry it's gonna get hooked in like this so fortunately thanks to people in the past i was able to bring that information into today and like give them a pretty good rundown of how how that would work uh, for their project they were working on. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I would be the person who'd be like, right, read a book and then set up like a CI server or something. But I know what I know, and uh, that's uh, that's kept me in good stead. Uh, but I, I would like to build upon it. So, yeah. So um, one of my frustrations when I used to do freelance, by the way, I got rid of all my freelance. I'm just too burned out. Uh, but when I was doing freelance, one of the government um, clients of mine, <clears throat> they had a no touchy the server if you, unless you work for us Ooh. policy. So essentially I had to develop it locally and then I had to articulate in very detailed instructions in a PDF. This is how you deploy this to a server I've never seen, heard of, don't even really know what's in there and I hope it all works out for you. Oh and, no. Yeah, and <laughs> once you get it working in staging, go ahead and try to get that working in... Um, in production and oh by the way you know this this almost never goes smoothly any of the times <laughs> so that's one that's a frustration why because i know what to do but i'm not being allowed to do it so anyway so I, uh yeah so i think the full stack developer has to do a lot but again in a perfect situation you might have a devops person who's uh, you know awesome at travis or jenkins or uh app bear or Team City or VSTS, man, there's a lot of them nowadays. Um, I just use regular old Azure anymore. I connect it to source control and bam, I'm done. And uh, that's kind of one of my preferred ways to do it. Um, of course, if you add testing and all complicated build steps and whatnot, probably not going to work for you. But uh, yeah. I've seen reference to Git being part of the full stack stack. So being fluent in source Git. control. Yep. Hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> more honesty, I learned Git in 2013. And when I say that is I, I went to GitHub and I downloaded the client and it confused the shit out of me. I'm like, and at this point I had no idea. I didn't use Mercurial. I didn't even hear of any of these things. And then we're starting to use Git because I'm like, you know, guys, this whole thing of just putting it on my laptop and hitting Control Z, uh, <laughs> just, I don't know, it seems like it's got to be a better way. And then, uh, so, you know, I think source control for me is a force multiplier. If I throw military terms in there, it makes me a much better developer because I can do things knowing that I can use my source control to get out of jail free, essentially. And I really think. And this is me being the ivory tower developer guy. I think everyone needs to be really good at their source control, whatever it might be. And if not, I and I've seen a lot of people frustrated with Git and whatnot. I feel like, gosh, I just want to put my arm around them and say, come on, man, let, let's go learn together. <laughs> because, you know, you're looking at source control as this like scary thing. And I look at source control as this like amazing tool in my toolbox. So, uh, Jamie, um, with, with that lead in, are you using source control? <laughs> oh, totally. Yes. Um, <laughs> happily using Git. Uh, I'll be, I think it was like back in 2010, someone tried to show me how to use Git or Mercurial and it didn't, didn't really sink in cause I didn't have a practical use for it. But then we, uh, I think the, um, the previous company we used uh, SVN and that was scary. Uh, and then I found Git and I was like, yeah, this all makes sense. And then a few years later, we found uh, like a, a, another team came over just like, hey, we're using uh, Git Flow. And I was like, ah, this is quite cool. And now, nowadays that's built into 
um, you know, clients and stuff. Uh, so Gitflow is really easy. And now we're having a bit of a revolt against Gitflow, you know. Uh, some people are like, no, that's not the way to do it, uh, you know. So well, um, Interesting you, know. you bring that up. So the, the full stack slash lone wolf Mm-hmm. generally doesn't have a need to pull requests, right? right. They generally, it might create a feature branch and then they just yes. say, fuck it, it's good enough, merge it. I know it works, merge it. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. that that doesn't work so well when you work in a team environment. And yes. uh, a lot of times that full stacker might go, wait, you don't trust me? I have to send you a pull request? What if you don't approve it? Oh, animosity, you know, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm out. So I'm, I'm the current project Mon is so like complicated that what we do is we pull requests and we just have somebody, we call them buddy merges. I need to have somebody else look at my code and every now and then they find a fuck up that I do. And I'm like, God damn it. Oh, well, thanks for finding it. But again, it comes down to chemistry because if I had somebody I didn't like having to review my code, I was like, man, this sucks because I really don't want this person to see all my crap you know, you know, copy paste error that I made, or I didn't name a variable correctly because I copy paste from a different section and it makes sense, but it just needs to be renamed, you know, weird <laughs> stuff like that. So in a team environment, I think pull requests are very, very um, useful, but I, I see a lot of full stack people kind of look at it and go, it's like, oh, you don't trust me. You think you're better than me. Why should I have to send you a pull request? Well, it's like, <laughs> you know, the thing. So, um, Bob, let's get you in on this. Uh, source control pull requests. What say you? Did I learn Git in 2017, Kevin, or 2018? Um, it might have been 2017. Yes, 2017 it was. Uh, I was going to say June or July or May or June <laughs> 2018. No, okay. <laughs> no, actually, uh, Kevin uh, taught me Git uh, when we were doing when we were doing the uh, YouTube Bob and Kevin show, because we were doing some OBS plugins. So I am relatively new to the source control game just because I was always that lone wolf and local storage seemed to be just fine. So that's right. I was showing you how to do pull requests. So if I were, if we were collaborating on a project and I said, Bob, send me a pull request, two questions. A, would it be, painful for you to have to figure it out and B would it bother you that I would want to I just I'm curious I want to see your changes before we merge them oh bother me no um that'd be totally fine because you know I look up to you as a developer um second um I would just have to reference that article that I have in my list of references and uh I would walk through that uh at Google search and and do the pull request <laughs> gotcha just like you taught me <laughs> Um, what about you, Jamie? Um, do you see value in pull requesting within a team? Because, you know, uh, traditionally open source is, that's the only way you can because you don't have commit yeah, rights. Yeah. But but yeah. when you have commit rights and the team wants pull requests as like the culture norm, how, mm-hmm. how does that work for you? We haven't had, uh, so I haven't worked in a company who had that situation, uh, even with uh, freelancers. Um, you know, it's been, if you're part of our team, you get... You know, you're not an admin, but you have, you know, pull requests. Everything's against your account. We can see what's going on. You know, so it's not been the like the full sort of like pull request setup, but you know, so that's- I I actually like sending pull requests. Sometimes mm. I even send them to myself. I, I'll be the one that merges it too. Sometimes because the pull request itself shows me the diff. And a lot mm. of times I'll look at the diff and go, oh shit. Oh, whoops, left that in there. I left the console.log. Well, that's going to break Internet Explorer. Let me let me go get rid of that real quick. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it might sneak in. So a lot of times, I'll QA my own work by sending a pull request to the repo, looking at the diff, and then saying, okay, let's let's merge this in. Um, and then we, we have the buddy system, the honor system. I could commit directly to master. I could uh, commit directly over here. But um, my, my buddies... They, they may not care what I'm coding, but the only way to kind of give them an incremental knowledge boost of what's, what, what's going on in the project, what major, oh, you made a change. Cool. What does it look like? The only way I can communicate that effectively is through a pull request. Because if I just try to tell you, you'll be like, yeah, 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 cool. Hey, uh, so what are you having for lunch? You know, it's, it's, it's different. But if I can't actually get my changes in without going in front of somebody's eyeballs, it's not like a uh, approval or disapproval thing. It's more of a, it's also letting you, you know, the, my teammate know that, Hey, 
this is how I attack the problem because you're aware of the task and this is how I solve the problem. And a lot of times I learn more by watching other people code. Mm. And I think I like to share that gift too. Maybe I came up with something clever, maybe not, but they'll never know unless they ever see my code and vice versa. Unless I see them and their work, I'll never know. Of, oh, I've, I've been doing it wrong all these years and I just didn't know. I, don't, I went the long way and there's this little short way. So I love pull requests. So, mm, <laughs> so we glossed over front end and JavaScript a tiny bit. I think that's okay. We talked about back end talked a little bit about DBAs, talked about source control. So I think the, the $10 million question that we have left to answer is if the three of us found ourselves looking for a new place of employment in the future or near future or distant future, I guess, whichever, would you put on your resume full stack developer? We'll start with Jamie. Oh, <laughs> Um, uh, well, if my current employer is listening, I'm definitely looking for another job. I love it there. It's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is all hypothetical. It's hypothetical. All good. Cool. It's all good. Um, anyways, uh, I don't know. I mean, I have to say, um, you know, it's, it's a difficult question for me because coming to the U S, um, you know, I was in a job in the UK for just over five years. Uh, everything was cool and rosy and, uh, I didn't get a tremendous amount of um, of response uh, from, say, a .NET web developer. You know, um, I wonder. I wonder if I would put down if I was a full stack developer, whether that would, you know, whether someone would uh, offer me jobs I was uncomfortable with. I don't know. Um, maybe to get, you know, maybe it would give me something to aim for. You know, to improve my skills. Maybe. I, I, I I don't know. It's difficult. I probably would say no. I probably stick with a .NET web developer. So you would not this, put that. You would not put that label on yourself. No, I think okay. maybe it's because my CV is stuck, like say six years ago, seven years ago. You know, uh, which I know front end, sorry, full stack developers were I think way back then too. Um, you know, um, but uh, no, I, I probably would still stick in my comfort zone. And just you know, put down. I'm a .NET developer who happens to know uh, a bit of front end, you know. Uh, so yeah, Kevin. The short answer is no. I would not. <laughs> the longer answer is it depends because. <clears throat> so if you're listing jobs, I'm usually putting my job titles, and I've never had a job title of full stack developer. So I, that that moniker is self imposed, right? Full stack developers is something you tend to realize you're one or somebody, you know, gives that to you. That's not usually an official job title. However, comma, if I were to target a job and it fit the profile of they need a full stack developer, I'm probably putting that in my lead in or my cover letter or something like that. So it all depends. Um, but I, I typically, honestly, I think I think non-tech people look at that as a positive. So you might make it through uh, HR or the hiring to the hiring manager. But I think your peers might look at it and go, oh, this guy thinks he's a full stack developer. Hey, guys. Hey, Floyd, come here. Look at this guy. You know, he thinks he's uh, all he knows is jQuery. This guy don't even know Angular, you know. So I'm, you know, <laughs> you're going to get all that. So I, to Jamie's point, I tend to stick with, well, this is my title and here's what I feel like I can contribute with. And here's my lesser so much, but I'm still competent on. But um, one thing I, I think happens if you say I'm a full stack developer, a recruiter or a hiring manager goes, oh, great, you're a front end guy. Wait, what? I didn't say that. I said I'm a full stack guy. Yeah, but we need a front end guy. So you can be that front end guy. No, 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 no. I don't want to be a, just a front end guy because if I watch somebody else code in C sharp and you got me doing nothing but JavaScript on front, I'm going to cry like a you know, baby in front of you because I'm like, I can do that really well and I can't you won't let me anyway there you go <laughs> yeah I, I think I'm right with both of you because I think when you do put full stack you kind of don't know what you're going to get asked to do and I think you both Kevin and Jamie alluded to that um, I probably won't 
ever find myself looking for developer jobs ever again. Um, if that changes for my career, but, uh, yeah, I think it's just too much of a wild card. It was kind of interesting. I did some searching today because I knew we were going to talk about this and I didn't like, we've talked a little bit about that negativity might not be the right word, but kind of like that judgmentalness that comes with, but I haven't seen a lot of, like a lot of search results didn't come up with that. Like when I, you know, full stack developer, I got a lot of things like how to be a full stack developer in 2017 and 2018 and, you know, what full stack developer means today. So, but not so much of that negativity. So that's very interesting. I, I think, it, I think you're going to find the negativity offline. You're not going to see too many blogs like, cause it comes straight negative because that would be the, I think their only point, but I, I think it might be one of those kind of like deep seated, like, Oh, this guy thinks he's full stack, you know, and, and you use the word wild card. And I, I find that to be the perfect word because an HR person goes, Oh, full stack. That means they can do anything. They can fix computers. They can, they can do everything. No, no, stop. Ah, we're going to get rid of our IT department right now because we're hiring a full stack developer. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, do I wear that badge? Yeah, I think I'm a full stack developer. Do I? I think it'd be a cape. Uh, I don't see it being as a badge as a cape. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I wear the cape. Uh, as long as I get to wear a luchador mask, uh, I'll, I'll be happy. Um, ah, gosh, it, I don't know. Uh, to be honest, though, it, as long as we're talking about jobs, and yes, we're all happy with our jobs. This is all hypothetical. To be honest, the jobs you see posted are the jobs that are leftovers, in my opinion, because the real jobs you want come from, I mean, the great jobs, at least, come from references from friends from family right um, and don't need resumes and get done with handshakes yeah exactly. the resume is a formality you know we gotta put it in your file but uh yeah it's just you know yeah those I'm are the glad best you said that i'm glad you said that <laughs> so i don't know that's 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 my opinion on jobs that's why you won't go on indeed or career builder or monster Though you know what those are? Those are the ones that they've gotten no hits or no good hits on. And those are the ones the recruiters are are tasked with calling you and bugging the shit out of you. Because the ones that are choice, in my opinion, again, come from your colleagues and friends. So if you want to upgrade or or you want looking for something better, I would say look to your colleagues and network that way. Because the person, the people I work for. The reason I work for them is because in 2013, I went to this place in uh, Denmark. Uh, it's a it's top of Europe. Not sure if you've ever heard of me. Um, I've been there. I've been yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um, been there a few times. My, my, <laughs> one of my now bosses, I, I met him in person there, far away from the America. So, mm. you know, so similar to Jamie's experience where he... Yeah, you know, I was saying, we, had a, we were in a bar in Denver... Uh, we were having a game pool. We had gin and tonic. And then you know, we talked. And I think I was at that bar. Yeah, you were, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we had a good old talk. And so he says, look, I haven't got anything for you now. But a few months later, oh, yeah, about three months later, you know, we're, we're having a conversation. And here we are like a, a year on. So, you know, everyone's happy. You know, and I, that's, that's, that's how I'd like to get all my jobs in the future. Thanks. I will say the biggest compliment anyone can ever give me is, hey, I'd like to work with Kevin on this project. You know, can he do the back end? I'll do the front end. Or, hey, can we both work on the back end? You know, so that would be the biggest compliment anyone could ever give me. And um, conversely, if nobody wants to work with you, it's going to be uh, <laughs> it's gonna be rough. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of how I, I judge, you know, myself. And um, whether or not I'm full stack or not depends on the context. You know, I might be full stack on project A, but on project B, I'm just the back end guy. I'm just the I'm just the nerd that worries about the C sharp in the database. Or this other one, it's like, you know what, you don't have a front end uh person, Kevin. So uh you're gonna have to figure it out. Well, can I use jQuery and you know all the tricks that I know? As long as it works and the client's happy, you can write it in whatever you want, Kevin. So that's kind of how I roll. Uh, well, we're hitting that magic time period. So um, let's go around the horn and uh, we'll start with Jamie. Got any closing thoughts or anything you want to wrap us up with tonight? 
Ah, oh, crikey. Um, I had some great thoughts earlier in the show, but Kevin had so many better thoughts that I was like, ah, oh, I'm just going to listen to him. So um, I was like, I was going to say, nope, I've got absolutely nothing. I'm really sorry. That's that's rubbish. But <laughs> hey, it happens. Yeah. It's live radio. Yeah, I'm having a bit of a brain fart right now. So yeah. Kevin, anything uh, you want to add? Um, or? I I just it, chemistry is king and queen, queen or king, however you want that to be. Um, skills come second. Willpower and all of that is is huge. So whether you're a full stack or you're a master, you've got to want to be. You got to want to solve the problem and enjoy it and whatnot. If you want to be a master, something go be a master. At it. If you just want to be a fixer, because that's what a, a full stacker is. Is hey boss, what's the problem? I, I got you. And you know, you, you put the problem on your shoulder and you climb the hill and you put the flag on top of the hill. That's what a full stacker is. You want to be that, you be that. I really don't like it when people kind of shit on the, the title. Oh, you can't be a full stacker. There's no way it's impossible. You know, you can be whatever I've, you know, you can be whatever the hell you want to be. And I, who am I to tell you to be different? And, um, some things you're comfortable with, some things you aren't and, uh, just keep learning. And yeah. All right, your turn. <laughs> Damn, I don't know if I can add anything to that. I think that there's definitely a, a role that's called a full stack developer. I think we we put some loose definition to it, but kind of like what Kevin said is, you know, you do you and if that helps move the ball across the goal line, if you've got plenty of skills to get that done or if you're an expert in one, God love you. So I think I, I'm, I'm done with that one and... We should just. Uh, I've I'll got kick one it. more uh, order of business, Bob, and I yes, would like sir. you to bring the lightning. 